Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to episode number 41 of the Live Wild or Die podcast. This episode was inspired by I was watching the Super Bowl and I was noticing all these ads. They're junk food and beer, pretty much. And it just, it really kind of made me step back and think about it. You know, it was just, it was, uh, I calculated 26% of the total ads during the Super Bowl were either junk food or alcohol. And I just, I want to talk about it because I thought it was kind of disturbing. So kind of go all over the place talking about industrial farming, food, ingredients in food, all these different things. And it just, I think my number one response was just being more aware, just being more aware of what, what we're doing as a culture and promoting as normal. So Hope you guys enjoy. If you have comments, please feel free to shoot me a note. I think you guys know how to get a hold. And uh, monkey on. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. Coming at you from a snowy day here in the front range of Colorado. It's been a wild 48 hours. We had 70-degree weather here on Sunday. It was awesome. Got out on the trails, got in some vert, got up high in the mountains. And, uh, you know, it was shorts, no shirt running. It was awesome. Awesome. Got home in the afternoon, got some more cosmic rays, playing with my little girl outside. She loves the swing, she loves the slide. It's like they just they don't stop, man. It's crazy. But now the low today is supposed to be like negative. So we've had a 70, 75 degree temperature swing in 48 hours. Wild. This episode was inspired on Sunday evening while watching the Super Bowl and specifically the Super Bowl commercials. And it just, I had for some reason something clicked where I was like, wow, every commercial almost felt like it was selling either alcohol or junk food, which, you know, I've watched the Super Bowl. I'm 34. I've probably watched, I don't know, 32, 33 Super Bowls and really understood what I was doing. But well, maybe not that, maybe that let's say 30, 30 is probably a fair number, but it was the first time I really, I don't, let me take a step back here. So we don't have cable. We don't watch TV. We watch Netflix. But so it's, it's strange to me to see this blatant advertisement on during a football game, just cause I've, I've, I haven't been watching it for like, well, I haven't had cable for since like 2011, 2012. So seven, eight years. So I just, I think I'm extra sensitive to seeing this advertising and these commercials, but like I was saying, it was really, it felt like everything, well, everything was almost alcohol or junk food. And I broke some things down here. So I searched on the internet and I found from what I counted, I I saw 53 total Super Bowl commercials of those 53, 14 were basically alcohol or junk food. And then if you break it down, even further. So that's 26% of the total commercials during the Super Bowl were either alcohol or junk food. If you break it down to food and beverage only, I counted 19 total commercials and then 14 of those 19 were basically again, alcohol or junk food. So that's 74% of food and beverage commercials were alcohol or junk food. I, I remember there was an avocado commercial 
there was a hummus commercial and there was maybe like a, a soda water commercial. I can't remember what the other ones were, but it just, it really took me back that this is such a ubiquitous, just accepted thing. It's like, uh, it's, it's just, it's crazy to me that these things are so in your face, even though we know how bad they are. And what, what it really made me, it really made me just think how highly disturbing it is that alcohol and junk food are the dominant ads. And I should preface this episode. I'm not a, uh, I do drink alcohol on occasion. I wouldn't call myself a heavy drinker, but I enjoy these delicious Colorado craft beers from time to time. A good wine. My wife, uh, for Christmas, actually, she got me. I'm a sucker for dessert wines, man. I love, I love those sweet kind of caramely toasted nut dessert wines. I just like to pour like this little thimble and just kind of sip on it. But Hey, everyone's got their thing. So anyhow, because of So yeah, I just found it very highly disturbing that these are such a predominant part of both the total volume of ads. So again, it's it was 26% of the total ads, but then also the food and beverage, it was 74% are alcohol and junk food. And you know, honestly, it's a really good example of why you should not listen to celebrities for health and wellness information. You know, it's just uh I got to think these guys out there promoting these different products, they got to know, they know it's bad for you for sure. And I, I suspect they're not advocates themselves. So again, I think it's just, I'm not saying never, but you just need to be wary of your sources and, you know, celebrities, whether they're actors or athletes, athletes, I probably would trust a little bit more. And I, I would suspect they'd be a little less likely maybe to be doing junk food commercials, but you know, there's, there was several actors doing and, uh, and singers as well doing these junk food commercials. I just found, I found very strange. So again, think about your sources and, you know, alcohol specifically, what, what I've been thinking out about more and more is it's more about how alcohol is affecting sleep and stress. So, you know, if you're drinking, especially later in the evening and you go to sleep, alcohol is going to affect your sleep and I can't break down that science specifically, but the kind of high level picture is you just, it, it prevents you from getting into these deeper sleep cycles. So even though you sleep, it's not quality sleep. So it's a depressant, it's a drug, but, and again, even though you do sleep, you're not necessarily getting this quality sleep. So something to think about. And then there's, there's of course the whole alcoholism and addiction side. I don't need to dive into that, but, but yeah, so let's go through what was, what commercials played and then we can kind of comment on them. So of the 14 alcohol and junk food commercials I counted. So there was Bud Light slash Bud Light Seltzer. There was Bud Weiser, Michelob Ultra, Michelob Pure Gold, Cheetos, Coke Energy, Doritos, Little Caesars, Mountain Dew, Pepsi, Pop-Tarts, Pringles, Reese's take five and Snickers. And then I don't, I don't think these were actually during the Super Bowl, but I for sure remember watching the pregame show. 
I was watching it. I was watching a live stream on, might have been NFL.com or CBS or whoever, one of those um, outlets. But there was for sure Wendy's and there was for sure McDonald's commercials as well. So maybe it's even 16. We could even take it up to 16 total. So those were the commercials I counted. And, you know, just taking, again, a high-level look, these are all, they're highly processed. The foods have high sugar. They have industrial seed oils. Those are all things we, we know for sure contribute to obesity, metabolic disease, heart disease, all these, and probably a bunch of things we don't even know yet. But we just, we know that for sure. So, again, it's just, it's so crazy to me how these are such a front and center thing on one of the most watched sports events of the year. So... It's just crazy. And, you know, the ingredients these are using, one of them, I think it was one of the beers, they were trying to, they're doing an organic push, which hopefully it's legit and, and, and for real. But most, the vast majority of the ingredients in these products, they're non-organic. They're from the, just, they're from industrial food, even though most are, well, let's see. Yeah, none have meat in them, but... I suspect there is a lot of kind of ancillary animal death due to pesticides or just monocropping, plowing, all this stuff. So it's just, it's really something to think about this, this industrial food system we have here in the States. It's, uh, there's a lot of hidden costs, I think. So again, and I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a vegan advocate. I certainly, I advocate a omnivorous diet. I think animal products are good for you. However, I do 100% believe that the industrial food system is, especially when it comes to animal products, that's, I've really been thinking about that a lot recently. Actually, it's just, uh, it's not something I want to participate in. And I'm really, really trying to take actions with, or voting with my dollars, I guess, to kind of opt out of that system. So trying to buy meats that are free range, organic grass fed, grass fed. There's these awesome eggs I buy. They are totally, I totally can't remember the name right now, but they're, uh, they're pasture raised, they're pasture raised. And just when you look at the yolk, so that deep, rich orange yolk. And if you compare that to kind of like a quote unquote industrial egg, they're just those, they have a really pale yellow, but these ones I get, I think it's called vital farms. Let me see if I can look it up real quick here. Pretty sure it's Vital Farms because they need a shout out. Yeah. So Vital Farms eggs, and you, they're pretty ubiquitous. I mean, I get them at, there's a store here called King Supers, kind of a big chain. But these eggs are awesome. And they have those rich orange yolks. So that's at least a good sign to me. And they seem pretty transparent with their farming practices and all that. So something to consider and check out here in Colorado. There's a ton of also just folks that have chickens and you're driving along the road, especially the towns here. You kind of drive through the country a little bit from town to town and you'll see egg stands all the time. So that, those are, if you have the access to that, that's probably even better. So back to my thoughts here. So I mentioned these are those let's just say the 15, if we include, excuse me, the 16, if we include McDonald's and Wendy's, but it's, 
we know for sure that eating this type of food is 100% linked to obesity and just all these other lifestyle diseases, heart disease. And I'm sure there's going to be more and more research coming out how bad these things are for us. So what's interesting too, if you think about it, there's nothing, there's no, none of, none of these foods are necessary at all to, to for humans. They're totally unnecessary. They're almost, you could think of them as luxuries in a way, in a way, which is interesting because they're luxuries that are really bad for you. But it's not like we're trying to, withhold like spinach or eggs or steak or sweet potatoes or any of these healthy foods. So it's just, it's, it's a really wild thing. And it's this perception that eating this way is just a normal part of life. It's uh, I think I'm a little bit insulated here in Boulder. There's certainly health and wellness are kind of at the forefront of everyone's mind. And there's a lot of folks that are pretty well educated in that area, whether it's from athletics or just being a health and fitness enthusiast. But I guess I kind of take for granted of this little insulated community I happen to be in, but I know there's a lot of folks in other parts of the country that just, they may have never had access to that information. And, you know, I think this conversation is a, it needs to be nuanced as well, because people, some people just don't know, or even if they might they, they may know like something's bad for them, but they might know, they might not understand why. And, you know, there's a lot of deep science into this stuff that still doesn't have super clear answers. And the explanations can be a little bit difficult to understand if you don't have a science background. So I'm not trying to like food shame anyone here. Just, uh, just talk about what I saw and maybe some thoughts to move forward from it. All right. So I looked up Let's see here. We have one, two, three, four, five. I've, I looked up six of the foods just to kind of check out the ingredients. And one thing I wanted to mention to folks listening is that, so when you look at the back of a packaged food, so whether it's Doritos, Snickers, Pringles, anything, when you look and read the ingredients, the ingredients are listed in order of how much they are. So the first ingredient is going to be the most of that ingredient. So if you put, look at the back of a package and the first ingredient sugar, it means that this thing is mostly sugar. At least that's the largest ingredient, if that makes sense. So a lot of these foods like vegetable oils were like not necessarily the first, but they were definitely the second a lot. And then sugar was for sure the first ingredient in one of these. So I'll just, I'm going to go through the list. So starting with Doritos. So there's a Doritos commercial, man, I, you know, I, I do like that song. Old Town Road, but man, it just watching the, I just couldn't help but think watching this, like these guys gotta know how bad these are. So Doritos, vegetable oil was the second ingredient. All right. And then going down to Snickers, there's partially hydrogenated vegetable oils, Pringles, vegetable oil, Pop-Tarts, soybean and palm oil, Reese's Take Five. Sugar was the first ingredient. It also has vegetable oil. Cheetos, vegetable oil. So there's kind of a common thread here. Do they all? They all have vegetable oils. They all have processed vegetable oils. And it's very, it's important to know that one, these things are highly processed. And I'm still, I'm having, I don't think I'm the best authority to articulate the science of why they're bad for you, but the folks that I've listened to, the sources that I trust, 
they're highly, highly, highly adamant about eliminating these industrial processed vegetable oils 100% absolutely from your diet. They have no business being in there. There's no evolutionary history of these things being a part of our diet. And it looks like they actually may be this kind of um, subsidious, is that the right word? This insidious. <laughs> they look like they, it sounds, the research is starting to involve, it sounds like they may be this kind of insidious aspect that's been overlooked for health disease and metabolic disease, obesity, all these different things. So I'm reading an article now. It's from perfectketo.com. And they had it fact-checked by a Dr. Anthony Gustin. But let me pull up here some of the some of the issues. So these vegetable oils, they're high in omega-6 polyunsaturated fatty acids. So there is omega-6 and omega-3. So omega-3 you can think of as like fish oil. Those are the healthier anti-inflammatory, excuse me, anti-inflammatory oil. So again, omega-3, anti-inflammatory, think like fish oil, okay? Pro-inflammatory is omega-6, and these are these are probably one of the main reasons why vegetable oils are bad. So they're pro-inflammatory, and they're high in linoleic acid, which they have three reasons here why linoleic acid should be avoided. So the first one is linoleic acid may stunt weight loss. And I've heard this fact before, so they lead this off saying, historically humans have eaten close to a one-to-one ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 fats. So again, that's omega-6. Omega-6 is like the vegetable oils. Omega-3, think like fish oil. So omega-6 is pro-inflammatory. Omega-3 is anti-inflammatory. So we kind of have this historical evolutionary precedent of eating this one-to-one ratio. It probably varied from different cultures, different ecosystems, all those things. But in general, one-to-one ratio. In America, what the article is saying is, thanks to vegetable oils, the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio is now closer to 20 to 1. So that's 20 parts omega-6 to one part omega-3. So we could kind of extrapolate on that being this very pro-inflammatory diet, which leads right into the next point. So linoleic acid causes inflammation. And we know that a lot of these lifestyle diseases are inflammatory. So heart disease is, has inflammatory or inflammation as its basis. The third point they have is linoleic acid oxidizes when cooked. And, you know, I think a lot of us have heard about free radicals and all these different things. Again, I'm not super, super, not, uh, what's the right word here? I don't know how to speak to this science super well, but again, these sources that I trust, they're, they're saying it's bad, so I'm going to go ahead and believe them. So, wrapping things up here. The Super Bowl is trying to kill you with commercials. No, I just, you know, I thought it was, it was disturbing to me. One, just the amount of crap, basically, that's being pushed on the American public. But then also that these very high-profile celebrities are pushing that stuff that we just, we know, 
pretty much across the board are bad for us or, or at the least have no value. But I kind of think they're all pretty bad. You know, alcohol, I think, again, I'd call myself a moderate drinker, low to, what would it be low to moderate drinker? Um, so I'm not, I'm not suggesting or advocating that no one do that. I just, I think it's interesting that these are the things that are being shown during the most watch, one of the most watch events in the country. When, if you think about it, the hard work, the dedication, the discipline, the training involved to get to the Super Bowl, that's, that's kind of overlooked. And as a culture and society, we we're kind of showing what we value again with how we vote with our dollars. So I would encourage everyone to not eat any of those foods that were shown or that I listed off avocados, of course, at will. I'm almost an avocado a day guy. I love those things. My breakfast every morning is pretty much anywhere from two to four eggs with a whole avocado, a little bit of Himalayan sea salt, which I just had for the first time like a month or two ago. And I like it. It's a little bit, I'd call it, it's not as intense in flavor. I like it. Supposedly it's got a little bit of extra minerality. So, you know, always trying to, uh, get every extra little bit of wildness I can. So I'm going to look down through this article just a little bit more here. So they're saying the seven vegetable oils to avoid number one, soybean, soybean, soybean oil. Number two, peanut oil. Number three, corn oil. Number four, canola oil. Number five, cottonseed oil. Number six, sunflower oil. Number seven, safflower oil. And then not to just leave you empty handed, but the healthy fats for eating and cooking, which let me just look through these real quick. I have heard good things about all these. So coconut oil, MCT oil, avocado oil, extra virgin olive oil. The one thing, the one thing with, I know I'm pretty sure with avocado and extra virgin, but check this. I think you need to just be careful of the temperature you cook at with those. So you don't want to do like high heat with these, those oils, I think, but I would check that butter, ghee, lard. I actually have a Epic, Epic foods sells all different kinds of yards. I have a bison or Buffalo lard that I use specifically with like ground beef. So I love those guys. Highly recommended cream cheese. That's interesting. Responsibly sourced red palm oil. So I know there are some deforestation issues with palm oil, which I've just recently heard. So that's something that's actually quite ubiquitous in a lot of packaged food. So check packages and you know, I, I really am kind of like a closet environmentalist. I really, you know, the wild is such an important part of my life and I just, it really, it hurts me to no end hearing of, these different places being destroyed or polluted or trashed or anything like that. I just, it's such an important, it has been such an important and influential part of my life. Just these natural wild untouched places. It's uh, it really bumps me out to hear when they're getting destroyed for palm oil. So definitely check into it. And uh, that's something I need to do a little bit more myself. The last healthy cooking fat, heavy cream. That's something I've been into a lot in the sense Gosh, probably since I moved to Colorado. So like 2013, 
heavy whipping cream in the coffee pretty much every morning. Sometimes I'll, uh, if I'm going to go for a run or a hike in the morning, I'll be semi-fasted in the sense of I'll have coffee with maybe a little bit of heavy cream. If I think I'm going to go longer, I might put a little bit more just to keep that fat burning metabolism, but give myself a little bit of fuel to work off. So I'm all about the heavy cream butter too. We go through, we go through probably two to three pounds of butter a week. I'm going to write a uh, butter abs program here soon. So this was a fun episode. You know, I did, I, it was fun researching and I think if anything, it just, it was just an eye-opening experience again seeing what at the highest level of advertising and marketing what is being pushed and i just think we need to really take a step back and and think about what we're ingesting both physically and then intellectually visually all these things and i was thinking too with my daughter you know it's it's kids are so they're so easily influenced and i remember as a kid you know the one thing that stands out to me is I remember there was like basketball shoes or running shoes that had the gel inserts or the Nike airs or whatever. And I remember like giving the sales pitch to my mom as a little kid when we went to the shoe store to get these shoes. Cause they'd make me run faster, jump higher, those things. So I have experienced myself. I'm sure many of you have, but you know, being a parent now, it's like, you know, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to be a helicopter dad or a helicopter parent, but I just, I'm thinking about information that's going to be given to my daughter when she's a little bit more able to understand and how to just talk about it and reflect upon it. So thank you for tuning in. I hope everyone enjoyed watching the Super Bowl. If you did, I think it was the only entire NFL game I watched all year. You know, I used to pretty much up until the end of college, I loved watching pro sports, whether it was hockey. I loved hockey. Hockey, basketball, baseball, maybe not so much, but I really enjoyed watching pro sports. And then once I finished school, I just, I haven't really been into it at all. So it's fun to watch and just, it's amazing how athletic these guys are. And it seems like everyone keeps getting faster, stronger, bigger, all that. So props to them all. But thank you for tuning in to the Live Wild or Die podcast. I hope this made you think a little bit. If you have questions, comments, please shoot a note to info at monkey.co and I would really appreciate it if you like the show, you're enjoying it, if you could please leave a five-star review, help spread the good word of the wild and grow the monkey family. So we'll see you guys out there and monkey on. Monkey on.